Good evening, everybody. So good to see you. Okay, kids, boys and girls, and big boys and girls, have you ever been in a really uh, dark place, like a, like a cavern, something where it was really, really dark, or, or your house uh, when there was a big thunderstorm and all the lights went out? I'll show you a picture here uh, that a friend of mine took of London when uh, it was totally blacked out. The whole city had a, a power outage. Anybody, raise your hand if you've ever been in a really, really blacked out dark situation, really dark. Okay. Very good. Then you understand, and, and some of you here, probably some of the older folks here understand that uh, the darkest places of all are not physical, they're spiritual. The greatest darkness in the world is not physical, it is in the human soul. Look at this, Solomon summarized all of human life on this fallen planet. Look what he says, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, what is more, he, the human, the human being, eats in darkness all his days with much sorrow, sickness, and anger. That's the norm for humanity. Now, Isaiah, in chapter 8 of his book, his great prophecies, he builds on that, and he talks in particular about the people who have rejected God. Look, look what he says. They, and in the context, as people who have rejected God, they will look toward the earth, and they will see only darkness, distress, the gloom of affliction, and they will be driven into thick darkness. I know I know, don't cry. I know exactly what you're whispering to your Aber right now. In your elf voice, you are saying, well, that's not a very cheerful Christmas message. I understand, buddy. I, I appreciate your point. But actually, this is the happiest Christmas message you can ever get. Think of it like this. Remember that time you were in total darkness? What was it like when light suddenly appeared? What was it like? It was awesome. It's so bright. Same here. Folks, it does no good to pretend this world isn't dark. It is dark. Anyone who says otherwise just is trying to get power over the light. But this darkness is not the end of the story. This presence darkness will not last. Look, just a few verses later, Isaiah chapter 9. Just a few verses after the darkness passage we read, Isaiah says this. We, we heard it earlier, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Such powerful, beautiful, poetic prophecy. Say it with me. Let's all say it together, line by line. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Now, to fully grasp Isaiah's bright promise, we need to turn to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John. John coins a phrase. This is so cool. John makes up a phrase no one has ever used before. And that's really saying something because by the time John is writing, the Greek language in which he's writing has gone through, through a couple of different iterations. It has gone through a thousand years of use. And as far as I can find, absolutely no one has ever put together the two words that John puts together. But it's so brilliant, he does it in such, no pun intended, it's so brilliant, he does it in such a way that, that actually it makes perfect sense to anybody who reads it. The two words he put together are true light. It's really fascinating. This, this is how John is describing Jesus, true light. Say it with me on the count of three, true light. One, two, three true light. What an awesome way of showing what Christmas is really all about. John chapter 1 verse 9 is where we see, meet this phrase for the first time ever in human history. The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The Greek term for true light is phos aletheinos. Phos aletheinos. Now the, the terms are actually reversed in our tongue. Those are your fancy new words for Christmas Eve by the way. Uh, boys and girls you get to learn these Greek words. On the count of three say phos. One, two, three. 
phos. Phos is light. A lot of words in our language come from phos. Photon, uh, photograph, all that, it comes from phos. And, and let's say aletheinos. Aletheinos. One, two, three. Aletheinos. Very good. Aletheinos is an incredibly old, old, old Greek term. In fact, I don't even know how old it is. The earliest use I can find of it, and it seems to have been used before that, was by a guy named Homer. He was a poet. He wrote a bunch of really cool stuff. And Homer used it as a way to describe something that discloses itself, get this, as it really is. It shows the truth of what is really there. No longer hidden, no longer misunderstood, aletheinos is revealed truth, and it discloses itself to the world. Do you see what the Bible is telling us? Jesus is the true light. That, that means at Christmas, in all of the darkness of this life, the real light is revealed to us. Okay, Lauren, come on up here, please. Lauren, come here, buddy, come here. My friend Lauren's going to help. Come here, buddy. Oh, you look great. Come here. Okay. Oh, here, keep it, keep it. Shh, nobody saw that. Okay, here we go. All right, come here. I'm going to pick you up. You ready? Okay, come here, big girl. All right. Now, my friend Lauren has on what color, everybody? What color does she have on? It's black, right? It's total darkness. You ready? Okay, I'm going to put you down. She's going to show you what phos aletheinos means. Ready? Take it off. Oh! <gasps> What color is her sweater? It is white, and it's sparkly, isn't it? It's awesome. Here, move so it sparkles in the light. There you go. Isn't that beautiful? She's showing you what it really means. Can you give my friend a hand? That was awesome. Well done. Here, Dad, come. Thank you, buddy. See you, Lauren. Good jump. Oh, what a dive. That was awesome. That's true light. True light. Revealed light. But once wasn't enough for John. John liked this term that he made up so much that he used it again. Uh, later, after his gospel, John wrote these epistles, these letters. Look what he says in his first epistle, uh, 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 6. The one who says he remains in him, and he's talking about Jesus, should walk just as he walked. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but an old command that you've had from the beginning. Yet, I am writing you a new command, which is true in him and true in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. John says that his new command that he's giving here is really the same one Jesus gave at the beginning. Jesus' first command was, follow me. Follow him. The command is to walk as Jesus walked. But it does have a whole new aspect now that Jesus has come because the light, the true light, is already shining now. Focus on the last part of that verse. The true light is already shining. Do you realize that the darkness will pass away? And only God's light will remain. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the true light that comes in Jesus, I know, will last forever. Think about this. When you were, when you were in that dark place, those of you that raised your hands, you were, you were in a cavern or someplace dark. What did you do when you saw light? Go ahead, just speak it out to me. What did you do? You... you <laughs> You had hope? Yep. Oh, I lost it. Here we go. You, you had hope? What did you do physically when you saw the light? What did you do? Yeah, you moved towards it, right? You're, you're drawn to the light. It, it, it's, it, it, it's a fact of life. It's a fact of all life. Uh, anglerfish have made a fortune on it. The, um, the idea is that everyone is drawn to the light. And then you go to the light. Do you know why? So you can move safely. You walk in the light. It's the only thing that makes sense is to walk in the light. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is the light of the world. And if you're a believer in Jesus, why would you waste this marvelous life opportunity? Walk in the light. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, oh, please, please come to the light. God loves you so much. You know, you know Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. He is fully God, come to earth as a human, because he loves you. That's what Christmas is about. It's about the true light, which coming into the world can enlighten even you or me. And you know what Jesus did? He paid the price for your sin because you're part of the darkness. You are, so am I. And he, paid the, he was the only one who could. He paid the price for our sin on a Roman cross. And then he rose from the dead so that if you trust in him, you could, you could have everlasting life in him. Let's respond to the light right now. Please, please, don't keep walking in darkness. Pray with me. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for anyone here Anyone at all who does not believe in Jesus as Savior has never done so. I pray that you, you draw them to the light right now. Friend, listen. Jesus loves you, and he loves you so much that he wants you to trust him. He is the light of the world. Open your eyes. Move toward the light. Believe on Jesus as your Savior. Quit trying to stumble through the darkness on your own. Trust him who gave his life and rose from the dead for you. Right now, just talk to God. Tell him, I believe on Jesus for my salvation. Jesus alone. And Lord, I pray for all those who are Christians here. So many precious people in our family. And I ask you to convict them and convict me that we might walk in the light. Stop doing the deeds of darkness. Start living out who we really are, children of the light, called children of God, and such we are. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.